Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. sent me here to save lives. Bassam's loved ones and his community, our St. Louis community, sent me here to save lives. So we, that means we oppose our money going to fund militarized policing, occupation and systems of violent oppression and trauma. We are anti-war, we are anti-occupation, and we are anti-apartheid, period. If this body... Is President Obama setting the wrong example about how serious COVID-19 is by hosting a big birthday party with hundreds of people this week? Well, I would certainly refer you to uh, the team who is working for my former boss to give you more specifics of what the protocols are in place. But I would note first that former President Obama has been a huge advocate of individuals getting vaccinated. Uh, when CDC provided, has provided, what CDC has provided guidance on is for indoor settings in high or substantial high zones of COVID cases. This event, according to all the public reporting, is outdoors and in a moderate zone. But in addition, there is testing requirements and other steps they are taking, which I'm sure they can outline for you in more detail. But is there any concern, just because as you've said here, and you've had people saying over the last couple of days, vaccinated people can still spread this Delta variant uh, around. So is there concern that this President Obama birthday party might become a super spreader event? Well, I think Peter, the guidance is about what steps people can take. Uh, and sticking with the same topic, uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida is taking a very different approach than New York is. Uh, Florida just hit another record today of COVID cases, and yet he's pushing back on local uh, municipalities that are trying to impose new mask mandates and, and other means of, of keeping people protected. Does the White House have any reaction to Governor DeSantis, and particularly to his point that this is just seasonal in Florida because people are hot, so they're staying indoors and transmitting the vaccine. Well, the data just doesn't back that up. Um, I would say first. In March, President Biden said that New York Governor Andrew Cuomo should resign if the New York Attorney General's investigation confirmed allegations of sexual harassment. Today, the investigation found that Cuomo engaged in unwanted groping and kissing of at least 11 women, including current and former state employees. Does the president believe Governor Cuomo should resign? 
Well, the president just said uh, that he's going to speak to this later this afternoon and share his views. So I'm not going to get ahead of his ahead of his comments. He'll make later. Have there been Thank you all. Thank you, Press for being here. Be quiet, please. I'm going to be speaking on COVID at four o'clock this afternoon, and I'll take questions on COVID and other issues after that. Thank you. I'm grappling to find uh, family-friendly words since it's 4 p.m. in the East, 1 p.m. Uh, in the West. But um, these men, mostly, uh, in the Republican Party, in you know, have whored themselves out to a delusion that, as, as Frank said, and let's be really blunt here, um, there are a whole lot of people in Fox News' audience um, who might sort of be in the communities of law enforcement um, officers more than in our viewing audience. That's just the, the sort of demographic history of who watches what. And the fact that on those networks, they weren't ignored, they were highlighted and mocked. These men were mocked. Their injuries were um, denied and their trauma seems to be ongoing. I was going to say tears of joy. Let me ask you this. You started wrestling in the 10th grade. You are now an Olympic gold medalist. Describe the ride. Uh, why? Because I knew I could do it. When I first started wrestling, I felt that I could be an Olympic champ. So I kept going. I did it. Sam, right, you did. Tamara, I know you lost your father in high school. How do you think he would be responding right now, seeing you on top of the podium here, coming up? <laughs> he would have been the loudest one here. He would be so... He would be so happy. <laughs> He's from Ghana, too. <laughs> he... Don't say this out loud, but, like, he... He, like, he was, like, enemies of Nigeria. So it's kind of like poetic that I had the rest of Nigeria in the finals. He's from Ghana, so that was kind of cool. For women, wrestling has only been an Olympic sport for all, not even two decades. <laughs> you are the second American yeah! runner to win gold. What does this mean for the popularity of the sport and for all the young girls out there that are going to see you and feel inspiration? It means that they see someone like themselves on that podium, someone like Helen on that podium, showing them just because you're a female, it doesn't mean... And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 5th of August, year of our Lord. 2021, and the first time forever, I got a new Rakasan hat. That's pretty sexy. How are we doing out there? That intro pretty much sums it up. We got a lot of COVID hypocrisy and Cuomo hypocrisy, and you see uh, Bernie Sanders acolyte basically saying elections are rigged, the January 6th isn't working for him. You uh, see AOC put a mask on for photo op, take it off. It's just all a sham. And all you hear is Florida and Texas. I was just watching a bite upstairs on CVS where DeSantis said, well, you know, 
you're going to let everybody come in. There's proof that 8,000 COVID positives have come into McAllen, Texas at all, uh, altogether, just that one area. And CBS says, without evidence, because they're playing the game. They don't want DeSantis to get built up. And this is what we've been doing since COVID started. 12,000 hospitalizations. When we get to COVID, once again, blue states murdered people. And we never hear about it in the media because it's all politics. The whole thing have been politics. But I ended with the Olympic champion wrestler, which you had to get that video that way. You couldn't get the video from NBC News because they wouldn't give it out. Because they don't want the message of a black lady saying, I love America. You can't have that. That is not acceptable in our society. America's a shithole. Don't you know? It's a shithole. The whole thing is just so freaking sad. We will hear about the bear. I know Barry, person who won't even win a medal. I know about that. But I will never know about this lady if conservative media hadn't picked it up. And there you go. You know, it's how, how we roll things. So, I, do some stuff up front. We're going to go into Cuomo, hit COVID, do a, a light woke today. But these are the articles coming out, and I just want you to remember, they hate you and they think you're stupid. That you don't remember a year of all cops are bastards. And Marine Dowd, why do Republicans hate cops? The heart-rending police testimony was dismissed by most Republicans at Fox News' political theater. What gall by a party that claims to have been... To, to have the black backs of men and women in blue. Laura Ingram, Ingram even gave award, best exaggerated performance, best political performance, and best performance in action role to the police who recounted their terrifying battles with the mob. They came across as political actors, Ingram said. That doesn't help anything. We want the police to be just police. Responses, you're certifiably insane. No one's buying this. Why would you think it was? Because you're simultaneously running New York Times troubled by targeting of left-wing arsonists, extreme crackdowns. There are so many stories because some cities are getting done. And there's still shit coming out. It's still happening. And they're done. So they're starting to actually press charges against the real terrorists. Not your pretend white supremacist mega mob that did one day we had a summer of violence so i'm going to play molly hemingway and then we're going to come into one of my favorite segments it's not about violence but i I gotta do it oil field rando goes into infrastructure and this is the kind of stuff this is the reasons you put all this together the kabuki theater of covid kabuki theater of january 6th And with what they're doing, now you know why Biden has lost 18 points in a couple months. Molly Hemingway, I get the critical coverage surrounding the formation of this committee controlled by Nancy Pelosi, but I don't understand how police officers, though a couple made anti-Trump comments, can get get anything but admiration from the press for the life-threatening ordeal that they went through. Well, the context is that this is a very theatrical effort by Nancy Pelosi to... uh, 
to, to deal with the situation. And in the case of one of the officers, he didn't just make anti-Trump comments. He actually celebrated the violent and deadly riots of the previous summer. He cheered or he joked about President Trump being under a security threat when, when it was believed that he was when he had to be rushed off of stage. And he made a bunch of anti-Trump, anti-conservative comments. That doesn't take away from what he went through at the riot on, on January 6th, but the entire situation is that the media are cheering on this these hearings and they're not thinking about the context that we had a summer where the media themselves and other elites really celebrated political violence they downplayed the harm caused in terms of the dozens of deaths the billions of dollars of damage the attacks on the white house federal courthouses in portland police precincts across the country that's something that a lot of americans would like to have investigated in part because corporations gave money to the groups that were behind some of this she nails it 100 percent and the problem is never Trumpers, the media, they won't see that. They don't see that majority of Americans don't see January 6th as an existential threat. The worst thing that ever happened when you've applauded carnage. And those are crafted, selected officers who are anti-Trump. They're the political operatives the left use like Vindman from the army. I mean, come on. So we start piling it up. Oil fill rando. Just, oh my God. Already found $250 for an invasive plant species removal program. Oh, cool. $50 million. Where the hell did this, am I backwards? There we go. Okay, somehow I'm missing one of the tweets there. So let's read it off here. Um, 250 million for, ah, fuck it. You can read it. I can't read it. Invasive plant. Okay. There it is. 250. Got it. Got it. It's not looking up the same over here for some reason. So I just fucked up the show, but yeah, we'll drive on 50 million studies on how to tax us more with road usage per mile fees. They're, they really want to do that. They, they, they want studies on people hitting deer. Because we need that. That's infrastructure, right? Right? Isn't it? I don't know. $50 million for 10 transportation resilience and adapted adaptation centers of excellence, which will do climate change reports and engage disadvantaged communities. Are you fucking trash, GOP? Because they want to sign this stuff. Amtrak. Again, we've already given um, Amtrak money. Did I get there? There you go. Upgrading Amtrak. I mean, what the fucking fuck? Combating human trafficking is infrastructure, apparently. Uh, promoting more lady truckers is infrastructure, even though gender isn't really a thing. These are the same people. Yeah. A new cars will have to be equipped with breathalyzers. Studies on smoking the weed and driving infrastructure. Sports, fishing, and recreational boating safety is infrastructure. $2.5 billion in green energy subsidies for schools and nonprofits. The Digital Equity Act. I don't even, don't even know what that is. $5 billion for low zero emission school buses and 250 for electric ferries. Zoll infrastructure. 87 million barrels of oil from the SPR. 
$2.6 billion for NOAA, and we already gave them stuff in the Recovery Acts. $50 million for Utah. There's Mitt's payoff for being a dem. $16.3 billion for DOE Renewable Energy and Efficiency Programs. I, do we know what that is? No. $2.1 billion for carbon dioxide transportation infrastructure. $21.5 billion for clean energy demonstrations. $1 billion for Appalachian Regional Commission. There's mansion payout. And $150 for the Delta Regional Authority. $75 million for Denali Commission. There's Murkowski's payout. $14.2 billion for the FCC. $3.4 billion for federal building funds. 330 billion for DHS, 455 billion for Fish and Wildlife Service, 510 million for US Geological Surveys, 3.5 billion for Indian Health Services. I don't even know what that is. Well, that's what popped out on the first skim. Tomorrow I'll be working up the full Randoland breakdown. And I, I won't cover it because it's what it is. And this guy, I don't think he's white. What up, everybody? That's your boy. All right, so a lot of madness is happening today, right? I didn't really have a lot of time to pay attention to it. it Crazy-ass day at work. Mad busy. I'm dirty. I'm covered literally concrete. Like, it was a hectic day. But it's the ride home. I've been reading real quick, you know, trying to see what I missed. Man, madness. Biden literally saying that he's going to try to make the whole country have to get vaccinated. Literally, in those words. Lockdowns are coming again. Where were all the people that were, you know, the GOP are the fascists, they're tyrants. They want to take your freedoms away. The same people, no, no, yeah, they're currently doing the January 6th commission. Still trying to prove that they're the good guys. But let me just ask people something. Because this is the main thing that just... I can't fucking understand with people. It's infuriating at this point, and I hate to curse, but this is just absolutely ridiculous now. No one finds it odd or strange that right now they're telling people who have been fully vaccinated that they still need to wear a mask and they still need to get weekly testing done against the same virus that they got vaccinated for. No one's going to ask that question. No no liberals are like, wait, what? No one's going to ask that? You guys that stubborn? You, just, you don't want to be proven wrong? It's not over right wrong. You're just that stubborn. You're not going to ask that question? It's absolute insanity. I, don't, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. But there's another thing that's bothering me just as much. No one is going to ask the additional question of why are they pushing for these mandatory vaccines when clearly the vaccines don't prevent you from catching COVID, clearly, but they're still trying to make a mandatory anyway. And then the final one, the final logical question that's really not that hard to figure out is if they don't have a Delta variant test, right? Then how do they know people have the Delta variant? You can go on the CDC website. It says it right there. Wake the fuck up. He's hard hat intellectual on Twitter and he's spot on. Because you saw Pasaki explain, well, Obama's not doing anything wrong. But he realized he is, and he removed it. Police org says Facebook rejected ad honoring brave police officers. Because cops are bad, but remember, it's Republicans that keep, you know, 
Twitter caught and seriously embarrassed for verifying, obviously, fake account. There are so many fake accounts going out there with the stuff we talked about last podcast with the bulk everybody saying the same thing bullshit. And Twitter's going to collaborate with the AP and Reuters to add accurate context to fight misinformation. Well, who's putting out the misinformation? WAPO, ATF still lacks leader because of gun-obsessive, delusional oversensitivity, the editorial board writes. That's what they wrote. Somebody's response, we believe a sub-cabinet-level leader should not be actively racist and an activist. Who's doing the misinformation? Who? I mean, you got Chuck Todd from last show. Oh, we're not liberal. Come on! A black girl says she loves America. You don't even air it! But you air everybody who says America's shithole. GOP senator no longer being lauded for courage by the left after opposing the House Speaker's authoritarianism. Senator Susan Collins. I do not think it was right for Speaker to decide which Republicans should be on the committee. Normally you have a select committee. The minority leader and the Speaker get to pick members. Everybody. Nothing Susan Collins says should be taken seriously. Nothing. But she was. they loved her just a week ago. And then this montage. And, and this has a lot to do with the 18%. This is why people are not feeling Biden. The media's continual, just desperately concealing Biden's gaffe, and, and the motherfucker looks like he's a walking corpse. Whenever the president's a Democrat, the media suddenly lose interest in presidential gaffes. All of the clips you're about to see are from the last two months. None of them were discussed or covered on ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, or MSNBC after they happened. First, we've got Biden confusing World War II heroes, the Tuskegee Airmen, with victims of a decades-long human syphilis experiment. There's a reason why it's been harder to get African-Americans initially to get vaccinated, because they used to be an experiment on the Tuskegee Airmen and others. At the G7 summit, Biden tried to talk about U.S.-Russia cooperation in Syria, but it came out sounding like this. We can work together with Russia, for example, uh, in, uh, in Libya, we can save the lives of people in, for example, in, uh, in Libya. Next up is whatever this is. The question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, are, why can't the, the, the experts say, we know that this virus is in fact, uh, um, uh, it, it, it's going to be, uh, or excuse me, we, we, we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. Yeah. Then there's this awful moment from a commencement address. I, uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I tell you what, look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old sitting there with her, like a little lady in a race car. That poor sign language interpreter. And here he is just flat out making stuff up. Anyway, and if we I don't do drive an 18-wheeler, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish oh, I yeah. <laughs> That's I awesome. got to. Do any of these snippets have massive political implications? No, obviously not. And that's not the point. The point is the same media who spent days talking about this tweet now completely ignore stuff like this. Are there people in the Republican Party who think we're sucking the blood out of kids? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. The story here isn't the bumbling old. Okay, excuse the volume. I, I don't know what's going on. 
ever since I moved this off to go video, you know, I was going to do it on the road, which I didn't do anything on the road. Uh, it's just jacked. It goes high, it goes low. I'm seeing it's not peaking in the red, so hopefully this is better. But the opposite is it's too soft. But uh, look at that guy. Seriously, tell me that this guy evokes confidence. I know you hated Trump. And then his party, Cori Bush, spending all her time sleeping on the steps, trying to do the this fucking rent moratorium. I mean, literally think about that. I want you to think about it. Rent moratorium. One of the greatest things I've I've come to learn the older I get is that the left has a serious problem with math. If you're not making people pay the rent, the landlord eventually is going to lose the fucking commode they live in and they're going to be out of a home anyway. But if you look at it as as a normal American, yes, I was blessed. I'm not saying I wasn't blessed. My wife loses her job. We get about two months of unemployment. It goes away. We had savings and my disability and pension, one that's a handout, disability, but it's more like a worker's comp. It's not the same as just a handout, and my pension is my 401k. So some people would say, well, you're living on the dole. No, I'm not. I earned the pension through 20 years, and that's the form they do it in the military instead of playing in the 401k. At the end of it, I get 50% of the 50% of the top three years I got paid. That was a Clinton that cost me $100 a month for the rest of my fucking life. It used to be your last check, you cut it in half. But during the Democratic administration, they wanted to cut back defense spending, and that's what they went after. The medical, where we lost free medical for life, and we had to pay for it with a premium. Yes, a small one, but we had to pay for it. We lost dental completely. Our families lost everything at the end for dental. They didn't even get dental. And then they did the paycheck, which was the high three, taking 36 freaking paychecks, dividing it by 36, and then cutting that bitch in 50. So I got $100 less. The disability is workers' comp. If I worked someplace else, I will tell you I would have got a lot more for my damaged back, knee, neck, stomach, sinuses, and all the other bullshit that you pick up in the military. But I digress. But we still paid our bills. We sacrificed. We cut back everything we can. I refinanced fucking cars after my wife lost her job for COVID. That's the stupidest fucking thing you could do. But to give us enough money so we could have a quality of life that we wanted. Monsters and dip. I carried a phone around for six fucking years. It didn't even work. Yeah, I got a new phone, some Motorola One 5Gs. It's like 20 bucks a month, cheap little motherfucker. Good phone, though. It's got a good battery and a bunch of bullshit on it, a bunch of can't, like 900 cameras. I guess this is what everybody has. I don't know. Fact of the matter is, for six years, I carried a phone that didn't even work. 
My family hated me. I dropped calls like crazy because they make them to do that. Because they want you to buy a new phone. But we sacrifice. Corey Bush, and as you're about to see, Yamichi Alcindor. They're not talking about you rural fucking pieces of shit who are all COVID carriers. Because you won't get vaccinated, even though everybody talked to my blocks vaccinated. Whatevs. They don't want to take care of you. They want to keep taking care of these people that they've bribed to get jobs. And then having admitted that I live on a quasi-pension, blah, 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 through all this till I got my job now. Let's break it down. Every one of these people have free phones, Section 8 housing. You're giving them fucking SNAP. You're paying them earned income credit. You kept paying them shit for the whole fucking time. So why couldn't they pay their rent? Oh, I know, because they needed an iPhone 75. They needed the fingernails. They needed fucking a new car. Don't think I'm fucking stupid. I used to be poor as fuck. Poorer than I am now. And I remember living in my shit old house as an E5. Everybody on Snap was driving a fucking Mercedes. I was driving a fucking piece of shit Volkswagen bug. And then eventually I got financed. For a VW Fox two door, couldn't afford the four door with a hundred eighty eight dollar payment a month, eight thousand dollar new car. It was the Volkswagen Yugo because the year before I got turned down for Yugo, a Yugo. I couldn't get a Yugo, a generic car. Most of you don't even know what that is. Look it up. It was seriously a generic car. There was no options. He said, what color do you want? And then I didn't even get financed for it. But I ended up getting financed for the Fox, and we drove it, and it was a teeny little car until we could afford something better. And I didn't take Snap. I didn't take anything. The wife did wick on the second kid without me knowing because I didn't want to take any handouts. We just would suck it up. We wouldn't eat. The kids would. But these are the people they're paying everything for. So why didn't they pay their rent? It's subsidized. You're getting assistance. Why can't you pay your bill? But our state-funded media, yeah, they loaded up the softball, and here it is. Adding one more. I guess my question is, it's two part. One, why not force the Supreme Court to make this decision? And two, is that decision not to actually go to the Supreme Court and force them to strike it down? Does it have anything to do with fears that the the Supreme Court might strike down the administration's broad use of public health laws for other policies? You know, I I do not necessarily—I believe that people have been examining whether there is legal— authority to go forward, period, whether it's legally available option. For me personally, yeah, I, you, you always have to worry about whether you do something that could create harm. That's a factor to think about. Is it an overwhelming factor? I can't tell you. But, you know, I think when you're governing, you have to look at all these issues and, and, and see. I think the president is still kicking every corner because I think if there's any chance that you could get this extension, he wants to know every available uh, authority. But it is a consideration that I think you know may have affected some of us. But I can't say that that what I you know that that I think within our 
uh, legal counsel in the CDC, I think they have spoken mostly about simply whether uh, there is there is that legal authority to go forward. But again, I want to make clear, you've seen this president is continuing to double, triple, quadruple check on those issues. And uh, uh so the worst part about it, after I rant about these are the people that they've been giving money since COVID started, regardless, they're the people that they're extending stuff and unemployment forever. I mean, my wife couldn't get unemployment. After 22 years, we've never had unemployment. She missed one thing because she didn't know what the fuck's going on because they extended it and it was all confusing and they said, go fuck yourself. You're not getting shit. When everybody else got seven, eight hundred dollars a week, making more money than they did when they worked, by the way. It's unconstitutional. The Supreme Court just said it's unconstitutional. The CDC does not have the right to give out money and order private property to no longer be private, to take contracts and chop them up and say, go fuck yourself. We're the CDC. And they lumped on it. The new CDC 60-day CDC eviction moratorium carries steep criminal penalties. Potential 100K fine and one year in jail of eviction doesn't result in death. Up to 250K fine and one year in jail of evicted person dies. What law are they breaking? There is no law. There's no legislation. There's no nothing. They've told Biden, you can't do it. Here's the soundbite of him acknowledging it's unconstitutional. The answer is twofold. One, I've sought out constitutional scholars to determine what is the best possibility that would come from executive action or the CDC's judgment. What could they do that was most likely to pass muster constitutionally? The bulk of the constitutional scholarship says that it's not likely to pass constitutional muster, number one. But there are several key scholars who think that it may, and it's worth the effort. But. The present, you could not, the court's already ruled on the present eviction moratorium. So I think what you're going to see, and I, look, I want to make it clear. I told you I would not tell the Justice Department or the medical experts, the scientists, what they should say or do. So I don't want to get ahead. The CDC has to make this. I asked the CDC to go back and consider other options that may be available to you're going to hear from them what those other options are. I have been informed they're about to make a judgment. Now, remember, we spent four years that Trump was a tyrant. He was breaking laws. They tried to impeach him for fucking up. Remember, there were six articles submitted, seven articles submitted for impeachment for Trump, for anything, for saying shit old countries. He never said to the Supreme Court, go fuck yourself. During that time, every blue city was saying, go fuck yourself, federal government. We're not going to follow this law, that law, any law. They're making their own laws. You didn't see the coverage like the seven states that have banned municipalities to do any lockdowns or mass mandates and giving it back to the American people to live their own lives. That is horrible. We hear about it every day. We did not hear 
when lefties were doing it, when blue states were just doing whatever the fuck they wanted. So here's the president of the United States saying, fuck you, I don't care what the Supreme Court says, because I, as Tucker Carlson said so eloquently last night, I got all the guns, go fuck yourself. We own all the power, we can do what the fuck we want. And if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. Jonathan Turley, Biden admitting that the bulk of the constitutional expert consultant said that extending the moratorium would be unconstitutional, and yet he indicated that we'd still like to pursue it due to a couple of scholars encourage him. What was astonishing is that Biden acknowledged that it's still likely unconstitutional, but they could tie it up in courts to get the money out in the interim. That line would be the start of filing in federal court to impose an injunction on the program. The president expressly acknowledged that they would seek a likely unconstitutional program, hoping to get money out the door before the court killed the program. Given the idea logical makeup of law school facilities is chilling that most of the preferred advisors to the Biden administration admitted this would be likely unconstitutional. It is equally unsurprising that there are a couple dismissing such unconstitutional concerns. President Biden took an oath to uphold the Constitution, not to violate it when he can use a delay in the final order to get the money out the door. And so doing final order to get the money out the door, in so doing, I repeated myself, is admitting that he would be spending a federal money without constitutional authority, and he misses the most important part. But Trump, if Trump did this, Bill Crystal. The Lincoln Project, all the never-Trumpers, would be shitting the bed Fred if he knowingly said and was allowed to say, and, you know, the media wouldn't cover it the way they are now, we'd have a cost of reading off the plaque at the base of the goddamn Statue of Liberty again, which has nothing to do with it. But it does. Because, oh, let's just foreshadow when we get to COVID today. Where the fuck do you think monkeypox came from? The mumps. Measles everywhere. And all these motherfucking cases of motherfucking COVID. Do you think they're just coming out of nowhere? They're, they're telling you you got to wear a mask, can't do anything. You're a piece of shit if you don't have a vaccination. And they're letting any Tom, Dick, and Harry from any country come across the border untested, and they put them on illegal transportation and throw them in red states. Why the fuck you think Texas got so many cases in Florida? Sorry, CBS. There is proof. New York Times, Washington Post did articles this week that they love online bullies. It is the greatest thing ever. And then let me find my Kamala stuff. Let me blow this up. So if it isn't bad enough that Biden has lost 18 points, here's a Kamala thread. Kamala Harris has become the most unpopular U.S. vice president six months into administration since the 70s. So how did she get here, and how might she bounce back? Why are some Democrats worried? Two recent polls both showed 46% of Americans approve of Ms. Harris, with 47% and 48% disapproving. An economics YouGov poll found 41% of voters aged 18 to 29 had an unfavorable view of Mrs. Harris, with only 36 saying they even liked the bitch. Yeah, I said bitch. She's a bitch. You know she's a bitch. 
She called me a bastard that's not sexist anymore because we don't have sex. We're just all fucking eunuchs. Of the 48% of the economists you got polled view the vice president unfavorably, and the vast majority, 40%, said they did so very unfavorably. So this is not just like, I don't like her, I fucking hate her. Alarmed Democrat strategists are grappling with the vice president's floundering poll numbers, which show she is now underwater, meaning more Americans disprove than approve of the job she's doing. So what are the Democrats going to do? One, the White House intends to deploy her only in certain areas of campaign ahead of next year's midterm congressional things because they know she's going to be a death knoll to any candidate. And two, they'll attempt to raise her profile by sending her on foreign trips in the coming months. Friday night as part of the plan to boost Ms. Harris' standing, the White House announced she would become the first U.S. Vice President to visit Vietnam. Yeah, that's going to win a lot of people over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's going to work. Sure. Vice President Kamala Harris promotes America is back message in Singapore and Vietnam. America's back. I'm no marketing expert, but I think they should have tested the America's back campaign with some Vietnamese focus groups first. <laughs> oh, these fucking people. Seriously. Oh. Then there's this shit. This shit cracks me the fuck up because all you see on the TV is, as I let in, is anti-American people. So, well, let me play the soundbite here. This is, of course, this is a conservative on MSDNC. They're just people that have it, and she just has it. Yeah, I mean, you could, yeah. you could, I was watching that uh, rally, you could see her with a political future, right? See her at the Democratic Convention. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, speaker. Yeah. That surprised me, actually. Me neither. Um, and she's also willing, she's, she doesn't have that flinchy thing oh, no. when asked if she'll get involved in political causes. Well, you go to Washington, I, I saw her on one of the uh, shows last night. Yeah, absolutely, I go to yeah. Washington. MAGA world does not really want to pick a fight with this, with this, with this woman. I, I mean, so. the, when she called the shot, people were going, you know, you shouldn't be talking about not going to the White House before you win it all. Well, she put that pressure on herself and then she delivers i mean she just stands there and she strokes the ball in and i mean that's something i mean it's she's a remarkable woman I mean, she's probably she's the coolest woman in america right now she Mike, megan rapino you make us believe god bless you and all your teammates congratulations we're going to sneak in our last break we'll be right back i didn't have to show i don't think you understand what it is because she doesn't have it mark sanford Let's not be the people who cheer when America's daughter loses in the Olympics. No matter the politics or protests, they can never be our enemies. Bullshit. They can kiss my ass. They aren't our daughters. They hate us. They treat us like garbage and disrespect us. And now when they have failed and humiliated themselves, supposed to feel bad for them? I feel nothing but joy at their defeat. They're jerks. There are a lot of teams I can't stand and don't root for. The U.S. national women's team is one of those teams. The whole world just goes, fuck off. They deserve every bit of it. Every bit of it. Every fucking thing they get, they deserve because they're assholes. Look at that guy. If you represent our country, don't disrespect it. That's the point. I find it offensive that people who disrespect, hate America represent it. And then the final, did you gender them? <laughs> Woo! 
fucking funny. Then to show that the left is the left, and you knew this was coming, Aubrey Huff, due to the new Delta variant, California will be mailing in ballots for recall election. You can't make this shit up. Setting it up for Governor Massum to stay in power. There you go. That's that. Does that does does anybody 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 get surprised about that? Does anybody get surprised out of that? Then finally, before we go into, we're gonna do Cuomo first, because Cuomo is a douche fucking nozzle. And it is, you know, once again, if you've been with the show more than a day, my sole premise of this show was to dog the fucking media because the media is the problem. It's, you know, the parties are going to be the parties. They're both fucking horrible. Most of us hate them, but we pick the lesser of two evil and whatever that party is for you, that's who you pick. But they're just douches and we all know they're douches and there's nothing we can do about the douchosity of it. But the way they cover Cuomo compared to the way they covered other people, I mean, get the fuck out of here. But I digress. Before we go into our Cuomo section, this segment from Tucker sums up everything that's wrong with our media. Everything. And it's about how they took money from China and then threw all the articles out. COVID pandemic raged throughout the United States. People who still read the New York Times began to notice something very strange happening at the paper. Hundreds of articles that had appeared there going back nearly a decade suddenly vanished. They disappeared. There's no way to find them. Nothing like this had ever happened. The New York Times considers itself very self-consciously a living historical record. The paper maintains meticulous, searchable archives going back to before the Civil War, to 1851. Yet last August, a huge number of articles just disappeared. So what was in those articles? We know the answer because a handful of history-minded readers preserved them when they first appeared. Every one of them was a propaganda piece paid for by the Chinese Communist Party, all designed to look like news articles. You're seeing one of them on your screen right now. It reads, China Watch. Diaoyu Islands belong to China. That's the headline. Now, why would the New York Times, America's paper of record, print propaganda from a totalitarian regime and pretend it was a news article? Well, for money. Financial filings show the New York Times made more than $100,000 a month from this garbage. Those payments were not disclosed at the time. They were hidden from New York Times readers. They were only uncovered after the fact by the Washington Free Beacon. And the Times wasn't the only news organization that did this, that took money from the Chinese Communist Party. Since 2016, the Chinese Communist Party paid $20 million to outlets like the Los Angeles Times, the Chicago Tribune, and the Washington Post. Twitter, which now operates as a publisher, also received checks from the Chinese government totaling hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, these arrangements, as we said, continued for years, and then last summer, they stopped abruptly. The New York Times tried to hide the evidence that any of it ever happened. But why? The New York Times won't say when we ask. We do not discuss revenue beyond what is in our quarterly earnings report, a spokesman told us this morning. So we kept looking. But first, here's some context for what the New York Times did. This is what mainstream news coverage in the United States looked like for most of last year. As you watch it, 
See if you can tell the difference between this and what you might see on Chinese state television. The president referred to the coronavirus as a, quote, foreign virus. And I think it's going to smack, uh, it's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of uh, xenophobia. Xenophobic wartime Trump, um, where he thinks the only path now is to basically declare the virus public enemy number one, uh, painted in somewhat racist terms. The xenophobia and the racism in outbreak is such a common thing, and it is incredibly dangerous. It is problematic, and it is scary, and I just really want to call that out. Why do you keep calling this the Chinese virus? Why do you keep using this? A lot of people say it's racist. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. That's why. So as this virus emerged from central China to kill Americans in huge numbers and people throughout the West, news organizations in this country made the same aggressively pro-China noises, almost all of them. Politico, for example, hired a full-time China shill called David Wertheim to write articles with headlines like this, quote, the verdict is in. China has outperformed while the once respected American system has disastrously faltered. Now, as you read that, once again, you wonder, how is that different from what the Chinese would write about themselves? Well, it's not different. The American media were especially hysterical on the question of where the coronavirus came from. Under no circumstances were you allowed to entertain the possibility that that coronavirus, COVID-19, could have come from a lab in Wuhan, China. That was a conspiracy theory. All the footage you're about to see is from early 2020. Former CDC Director Robert Redfield told our own Sanjay Gupta in a new CNN documentary that he believes COVID-19 originated from a lab in Wuhan, even though... Obviously, there has been no formal evidence to support the theory. You know, the lab leak theory doesn't seem like a plausible theory unless you aggregate the biggest collection of uh, coronaviruses and put them in a lab. The theory that the virus originated in a lab in Wuhan, China. But tonight, Dr. Anthony Fauci tells National Geographic that, quote, this virus could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Both scientists and the U.S. intelligence community agree that this coronavirus was not man-made. That is not a possibility. It, it came from a natural source. It didn't come from a lab. A lot of people on the right love that phrase, escape from the lab, because it sounds like something from a Marvel movie or a comic book. It sounds like they are talking about a man-made virus that China was weaponizing that got out of control. So the Rachel Maddow impersonator didn't believe it, but it wasn't just dumb people on cable news. That was Anthony Fauci, who was in charge of the US government's COVID response. That was Scott Gottlieb, who ran the FDA. These are people in positions of authority, who are respected as scientists, whose word carries great moral weight, and they all lied. The New York Times led the way on this. A recent piece on unheard.com deconstructs the New York Times' role in the propaganda effort on behalf of China. Beginning in the winter of last year, at the very beginning of the outbreak of COVID, the Times confidently dismissed the lab leak hypothesis as a, quote, fringe theory. In other words, only lunatics believe it. The New York Times' reporter called the theory, quote, the kind of conspiracy once reserved for the tinfoil hatters. You're a nutcase if you think it's possible. Then a few weeks later, the paper published an op-ed by Peter Daszak, the virologist paid by Tony Fauci to experiment on bat coronaviruses. Talk about a conflict of interest. So Daszak, needless to say, denied that the virus could have come from any lab he was funding. He knew better. 
Instead, Dasig blamed the pandemic, and we're quoting now, on road building, deforestation, land clearing, and agricultural development. In other words, he blamed it on poor people. As 2020 continued, lies like this became less and less tenable. They were more obviously untrue. People started to notice that a level four virology lab, one of few in the world, in Wuhan, was conducting dangerous experiments on bat coronaviruses with fewer safeguards than typical dentist office has in the United States. They also noticed that Tony Fauci was helping to pay for those experiments. And that's when the Times decided it had to delete those articles from its archives. Two high-level employees at the New York Times confirmed to the Spectator in London that the paper stopped any investigation into evidence that the coronavirus had emerged from that lab in Wuhan. Quote, in early 2020, said one whistleblower, I suggested to a senior editor of the paper that we investigate the origins of COVID-19. I was told it was dangerous to run a piece about the origins of the coronavirus. There was resistance to running anything that could suggest that COVID-19 was man-made or had leaked accidentally from a lab. It was untouchable everywhere, said another Times source to The Spectator. The fact that Trump embraced it, of course, also made it a no-go. According to the whistleblowers, though, the biggest factor wasn't politics. The biggest factor was the fact that the New York Times was taking money from the communist Chinese government. So they killed a story, a story which, by the way, was not a conspiracy theory at all, but entirely real. The House Foreign Affairs Committee just released a report suggesting the coronavirus first escaped from that lab in Wuhan much earlier than we thought, way back in mid-September of 2019. Now, at the time, athletes from around the world were in Wuhan. They arrived several weeks later to compete in international games. Many of them brought COVID home with them. Now, why didn't we know this until now? Well, because... Does that surprise anybody? Does it surprise anybody? This is our media. And I know they're for profit, and this is part of the capitalist system, and this is what we get with what we have as a system in our country. But I would say emphatically, most of what we were told during Obama and during Trump was straight up lies because they loved Obama and they protected him down to planes of cash and pictures with Farrakhan to they hated Trump. So if Trump was for oxygen, they would say you're a piece of shit if you liked oxygen. Now, I taped this shit show right here. Uh, he never spoke about it again. But as you'll see in our jerk off of the week, because I believe it's told jerk off in a different way, the media, man, they have just rolled in and out. It all depends on what the Democrats are doing, because really, that's who they work for. David, we're sitting by for Governor Cuomo's press conference, his daily briefing. How would you contrast Cuomo and President Trump's handling of the crisis? Truth versus mendacity. Governor Cuomo um, out there day after day after day, everything Trump isn't, honest, direct, brave. Real leadership of the kind the president of the United States should have provided. Governor Cuomo is clearly living in a totally different reality, the actual one, than the president of the United States. Governor Cuomo has become a national leader. For a lot of people, Andrew Cuomo has become the leader of the Democratic Party. He is conveying incredible strength. You spoke to National Guard troops today in a stirring speech that, if I wasn't listening carefully, I thought you would sending soldiers off to It's been a remarkable show of leadership by Governor Cuomo in recent days. He's providing hope 
but not false hope. Governor Cuomo, no. I think, is, is, is one of the heroes on, on the front lines. With all of this adulation that you're getting for doing your job, are you thinking about running for president? Andrew Cuomo, who has a daily television show now uh, and has become in some ways the shadow uh, president. Maybe Trump is just a little bit mad that Governor Cuomo has become a kind of acting president. Dealing with hardship actually makes you stronger. That's what Governor Cuomo said earlier today. I'd like to start with the news of the day, given back in March, you said that if the investigation confirms the allegations against Governor Cuomo, then he should resign. So will you now call on him to resign, given the investigator said the 11 women were credible? I stand by that statement. Are you now calling on him to resign? Yes. And if he doesn't resign, do you believe he should be impeached and removed from office? Let's take one thing at a time here. I think he should resign. I understand that the state legislature may decide to impeach. I don't know that for a fact. I've not read all that data. And he's using a photo of facing him. Joining us now for an exclusive interview is Charlotte Bennett, the former aide that the governor singled out today. Charlotte, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. The New York Attorney General said multiple times today that she believes you and the other women mentioned in this report. What does that mean to you? Today was so validating and really emotional, and I feel vindicated. Um, it's, it's been a long day, but I'm proud to be a New Yorker right now. The governor admitted that he asked you questions that he doesn't normally ask people because you told him you're a survivor of sexual assault. Do you think he's gaslighting you? Absolutely. He's trying to justify himself by making me out to be someone who can't tell the difference between sexual harassment and mentorship. We have a report, we have the facts. The governor broke federal and state law when he sexually harassed me and current and former staffers. And if he's not willing to step down, then we have a responsibility to uh, act and impeach him. He sexually harassed me. I am not confused. It is not confusing. I am living in reality and it's sad to see that he's not. And at one point, he said that he was trying to help you work through a difficult time. Did that seem like that was his intention? No. His intention was trying to sleep with me. The governor today blamed generational or cultural perspectives for the way he made jokes and the comments that he makes. Was what the governor did a generational misunderstanding? Publicly, he would rather play dumb. He knows that he sexually harassed staffers, and I think it's easier to explain his behavior publicly by saying there was some misunderstanding. Called to mind that iconic video. It must have brought to mind for you, Chuck. I almost wanted him to hold his yeah, fingers like Bill Clinton <laughs> did uh, when he said he uh, did yeah. not have sexual... Right, exactly. Well, he had that special way of hooking his finger over the thumb, and I almost expected that. Don Edwards, that sounded like... Um... If we're going to go back to the Clinton playbook, the, you know, vast right wing conspiracy, you know, there is this is our toxic political environment. Uh, and it sounds to me setting up a political argument that basically says I'm just a victim of this toxic political environment. What would you advise President Biden to do here? He might be the only Democrat who could in a private conversation talk. I could make the argument he might be he and Bill Clinton and maybe Barack Obama, the three of them might be able to talk Cuomo into resigning. Um, how would you advise President Biden to go about this? 
The mayor of New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio, who's no fan of the governor, wrote in part he must resign. He continues to resist and attack the investigators who did their jobs. He should be impeached immediately. You know that had to hurt the mayor to have to write that. Let's bring in NBC News and MSNBC national affairs analyst, host and executive producer of Showtime's The Circus and host of the Helen Highwater podcast from The Recount, John Heilman, and political strategist with experience in New York politics, yeah. Susan Del Percio. Yeah. John Heilman, I'd Who like to start that? with you. I mean, come on. Uh, yes, Susan's the expert here. Yeah. The end is in sight now. The question is, is how Governor Cuomo decides to go down, and I just don't think there are going to be many people around him. Mm. One of the few people that will be around him, I think, is his brother Chris, Chris Cuomo. And, you know, we knew about this Chris Cuomo thing. Yeah, Chris Cuomo got in some trouble at CNN when some of this came to light earlier in the course of this story. So this isn't exactly new. But the fact that, I mean, I think a lot of people... Uh, will raise questions. I don't think there's anything wrong with the governor talking to his, his brother. I think you know, there are some questions, legitimate questions, that have been raised about whether a CNN anchor uh, should be giving private advice to an elected official. I actually learned it from my mother and from my father. It is meant to convey warmth, nothing more. Indeed, there are hundreds if not thousands of photos of me using the exact same gesture. I do it with everyone, black and white, young and old, straight and LGBTQ, powerful people, friends, strangers, people who I meet on. We all know better. Can you imagine though, Having gone through what they did and having people deny the existence of what happened, deny their efforts, their efforts to protect that, and, and their lives could have been taken from them. You know, and some of them, their lives were taken in a different way. Uh, another lost his life the day after the insurrection. But can you imagine having to deal with this every day now for months and months and months and then having the very people you protect? deny that it even happened. As Michael Fanon said, I went to hell and back. And then I have people now telling me that there is no hell or hell doesn't even or wasn't that bad. Mm. Yeah, uh, I can because we've watched it happen. Yeah. And we've seen it happen before. Yeah. The good news is there's always a chance for change. And hopefully we'll see yeah. that here. But our hearts and our thoughts have to go out to the families of these officers who took their own lives. I'm going to make my witness, as you say. And you make know your what? Witness. I love you, brother. I love you, D. Lemon. All right. This is Don Lemon tonight. The calls are getting louder and louder. This is what I'm talking about. Top Democrats from New York to the White House calling on Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign. That in the wake of the bombshell report from the state's attorney general that alleges the governor sexually harassed 11 women, including state employees and a New York state trooper. The report also says that he retaliated against one woman who went public with her allegations against him. And the president of the United States couldn't be more blunt. Question. Should Governor Andrew Cuomo resign? Answer. Yes. I think there's a lot of, of issues with, with uh, Andrew Cuomo and the way he's been covered for the past few years during COVID. If you remember, there was this whole like Cuomo sexual phenomenon in the media and with celebrities. I remember people like Chelsea Handler tweeting that they had crushes on him. I always uh, get uncomfortable when politicians are held to this deity standard. I always think it's dangerous. Uh, the, the other tragedy for me is that, you know, I have been uh, walking this path with my sister, Janice Dean, who lost her in-laws 
was because of a mandate that he gave to put COVID positive patients in nursing homes. And she lost her mother-in-law and father-in-law. There will be a memorial for them this upcoming Sunday. And there's 15,000 elderly people whose lives didn't matter to, to our society, didn't matter to our culture. These older people didn't matter. They could die in a really controversial and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it was murder uh, on the part and the blood is on the part of Governor Cuomo's hands. And we didn't care. And it's not that sexual harassment isn't disgusting and egregious and horrible. It really says something about our society that we just do not care about old people. So I'm sad that those 15,000 people will not get their day in court. And then I also think it's interesting. We had a conversation about nepotism on this show a few days ago. You want to talk about nepotism, not having to talk about the biggest scandal in the country when it, it has to do with your brother and you're hosting CNN. So Charlotte Bennett's lawyer, Deborah Katz, released a statement calling for Cuomo to resign immediately. But she also says this. The governor's actions have deprived New Yorkers of the professionalism, passion and dedication to their state that Charlotte and the many others who refuse to submit to his advances have to offer. And you can set aside this specific case and talk generally about just that very thing, that the culture, the workplace culture that results from this uh, alleged har harassment. Yeah, um, boy, and, and what a powerful statement she made, because it really is um, the toxic environment is hard to put down in black and white when you're talking about it as a woman, and I worked in toxic environments myself, um, you're, you're talking about an atmosphere that is a chilling, has a chilling on your sort of terroristic in nature in the way that it inhibits you from being your best. These are injuries that all women suffer when the environment gets bad. So you don't have to be a direct victim of a hand on the rear end or even offensive language to know your place when you when you work in an environment like that. And I think all women have to understand that when a single woman is offended, that hurts all women. That's why it's called a civil rights violation. When a single woman is offended, it also hurts the entire As sure as I'm a fat man. That motherfucker be gone like Donkey Kong if he was a Republican. But he's doing Governor, Governor Northam. Look at him. We've had a precedence in our media. That's horrible, but he's an ally. So why not? Do not overlook the Cuomo report appendix, which includes Charlotte Bennett's text about her Cuomo interaction in an email from Chris Cuomo who had drafted the statement for his brother. CNN actor was drafting statements for a brother, which was being shared with other Cuomo advisors. You knew it. You fucking knew it. You knew it. You knew it. And then literally to be able to put that as your defense, I hug and kiss people. Yeah, that's a defense. Okay. Not the same thing, but... Go ahead. Yet again, a non-insignificant part of this is a CNN media scandal. You can't make this stuff up. There's that. And then there looks this. When he faces power, no one gets a past except his brother. Then Maggie Haberman, let me blow this up because this is the New York fucking Times. This press conference and the report are way, way more detailed and damning than many in the press and among Dem operatives expected. What happens now is unclear. Ball is in Hesty's course. Amazing. She doesn't even realize what she just wrote here. 
Why wasn't the press expecting this? Why didn't the press? Only, if only you worked in an industry that went out to get the full scope of stories. They, they didn't want to do that. Prepare for more Cuomo, but Cuomo excuses now that he's been investigated and should resign and the anti-anti-Trump folk try to excuse DeSantis and other GOP gunners are killing thousands of people on the rationale that reigniting a pandemic is okay because Cuomo's a dirtbag. Nicholas and Ruben fighting over the last remaining brain cell. Ruben, the difference between D and R's, D's reject harassers and embrace vaccines. R's embrace harassers and reject vaccines. Do you see what they did there? Because I played the, th- they made this guy the greatest thing ever. Yet we f- know now he didn't trust the advisors. He didn't trust scientists. He made his own rules. And the worst part of all of this, he's still not investigating. He's not getting investigated. M- Michigan's not getting investigated. New Jersey's not getting investigated because the DOJ is just the Democratic Party now. And we're saying it's okay to go kill grandma and make terrible rules that fucking killed people. Chris Saliza, remember that the vast majority of the New York Congressional Democratic delegation, as well as both sitting U.S. Senators, have already called on Andrew Romo Cuomo to resign. And that's literally all they're ever going to do. Completely toothless virtue signaling. But they, once again, better than Republicans. Better than Republicans. And to that fucking dick cheese talking this shit, uh, Dan McLaughlin. It's been obvious for a long time that Cuomo is bad, but you don't need to look at Cuomo to conclude that DeSantis has, in fact, been an excellent governor, which is why the people of Florida, hardly an overwhelming red state, regardless, give him strong approval rating. Latest UCF poll, DeSantis' approval of 52% on COVID, 60% on the economy, even among a state electorate that will give majority approval to Joe Biden. Floridians would have noticed by now is the thing claimed about DeSantis were true. They're not. He's above water on every issue. Anyway, that is not the best day for Radio Free Tom to play the what about DeSantis game. I hope Republicans don't pounce on this Cuomo news. And that that's the thing. that They just don't like the fact that they got caught. They backed a guy who's a fucking douche. Megan Kelly. Hey, Cuomo, is there a slideshow of your mom and dad grabbing behind, sliding hands under blouses and feeling breasts, rubbing the stomach and tickling the spine of state troopers, kissing employees on the lips, asking staffers to touch and play strip poker? We'll wait. Media's not covering that. <clears throat> Brian fucking Seltzer. Oh, I didn't get it, but I'll leave that up there because that'll be next. This is how he covered CNN. Chris Cuomo didn't say anything about his brother on CNN Tuesday night, but anyone listening to his radio show on Sirius XM has heard his feelings in recent weeks. He's been stealing himself for the AG report. On the air, Chris has sounded protective of his brother at times, bitter about the political warfare at other times, and detached from it on other times. Overall, I'd say he sounded realistic about life as a member of his famously political thing, and he wrote a whole article. People's responses. I believe CNN made a mistake by leaving Chris on the air this week. Matters were compounded when Chris didn't speak to the news of the day during his show. It reeks of impropriety. Appalling abdication of responsibility by CNN to allow Chris Cuomo to have his show and pretend the story of the day had not happened. Chris should have been taken off the air. Really bad decision making. So you're saying that he's free to cover the news at Sirius XM but not your network? 
This is not the tweet you think it is, Brian. If he talks about it on his podcast, why not on CNN? And worse than all, he is the motherfucker who drafted the statements. He did. He was part of a cover-up. If he was on Fox, you'd ask him to be kicked the fuck out. Then we have uh, another Drew Holden. This one's a really good one, and <clears throat> I'm just going to do it briefly. I didn't do picture slideshow because, you know, we already know this shit. Cuomo thinks he can survive the bombshell reported by sexual misconduct from his own state AG because lots of corporate media outlets have worked hard to deceive the country into thinking he's a hero. The only only place to start is with CNN, where Cuomo's brother works. I'm sure you all remember the love fest. I'm going to work how I'm I'm going to go to work. And how Andrew Cuomo and his press conferences contrast with Trump. Real death is real, right? Economic death is not a death. The economy we can figure out. Governor Cuomo. For 111 consecutive days, New York Governor Cuomo sat before PowerPoint slides and graphs. He was America's mayor. Do we remember this? Anna Navarro sucking his ass. More. Andrew Cuomo may be the single most popular politician in America. Remember, they wanted to run for president. His own brother tweeted how great he was. But CNN's not the worst. Really, MSDNC. Cuomo shuts down coronavirus hoax, therefore facts are focused. Cuomo's elevated his game. What Donald Trump has done is exactly the opposite of what should be done. Joanne Reed losing her shit. Andrew Cuomo during the COVID-19 crisis is the same as ever with one big difference. People like him. He's not Trump. Andrew Cuomo is a control freak we need right now. That was uh, <clears throat> New York Times. NPR, longtime observers say New York Governor Cuomo, character traits, decisiveness, listening to the experts and sticking to the facts, a reputation for micromanaging and being controlled have been effective for the corona Do we see that number? Who's number two? 276 per 100,000. Where's Florida? Yeah, it's way at the bottom. But yeah, okay. Yeah, he's great. He's the best governor ever. Andrew Cuomo says he's eligible for dating. Thank you, Andrew Cuomo. Thank you for reminding us there are men who can lean and be clear and tell the truth. Even when the news is bad, Chelsea Handler writes. Deadline wrote shit. Uh, Los Angeles time. Governor Cuomo approves of people who identify as homosexuals. I'm a chief executive who's getting stuff done. Best of 2020, watching Andrew Cuomo briefings. <clears throat> Seattle's leader lets scientists take the lead. New York's did too. Cuomo doubles down on ordering nursing homes to admit coronavirus patients. These are side by side. I, I, do I need to write any more? Math, Marine Dowd. To the surprise of many who did not associate the name Andrew Cuomo with the word empathy, the governor has become a sort of national shrink. This is just classic fucking media. It had nothing to do with his actions. It had nothing to do with what he, anything. The numbers actually said he sucked dog shit. He was fucking horrible. He was killing people because they started with politics. It was all about whatever Trump said. We're going to do the opposite because Trump's bad and Andrew Cuomo's good. We watched it in real time.
once again, if Trump said water was wet, well, <clears throat> the media would say he's a liar. Scientifically, science. We got science back. Science. Science. These are the same people telling you that there's no gender and water's not wet because a Republican said so. So let's go into COVID. I, I was just hoping this would go away, but it's never going away. January 6th isn't working, so we're going to have some more COVID theater. About public health at the border, is the president concerned that migrants uh, who are coming in in great numbers are not being tested for COVID at their first point of contact with Border Patrol? Well, let me give you a little bit of an understanding of what actually happens when people come across the border. First, as to Katie's earlier question, uh, there's been no change in Title 42, so families and single adults are expelled, if possible, when apprehended at the southern border. That's step one. Uh, those who can't be expelled are often placed, and this is, I think goes to your question, in alternatives to detention programs while their cases are being reviewed. CBP provides migrants with PPE, from the moment they are taken into custody and migrants are required to keep masks on at all times, including when they are transferred or in the process of being released. Our other protocol is if anyone exhibits signs of illness in CBP custody, they're referred to local health systems for appropriate testing, diagnosis, isolation, and treatment. That is our process. Okay. We're almost out of time, but I want to ask you about the reaction we've seen from prominent Republican governors. We've seen uh, Florida Republican uh, Governor DeSantis, uh, Republican Governor Abbott of Texas, uh, Governor Ducey uh, in Arizona pushed back strongly against the notion of, of mask requirements. Let me read you a, a quote uh, from Governor Ducey in Arizona. He said, Arizona does not allow mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, or discrimination in schools based on who isn't is or isn't vaccinated. Uh, they are arguing that this is individual responsibility and individual's right to decide. What is your answer to uh, these, these, you know, these are Republican governors in some of the largest states in our country? Well, John, I disagree with them. I respectfully disagree with them. The fact is there are things that are individual responsibilities that one has, and there are things that have to do with you individually which also impact others and get the spread of infection that we're seeing now, the surge in cases, John, is impacting everyone in the country. So although you want to respect a person's individual right, when you're dealing with a public health situation, and we are in fact in a very serious public health challenge here with a pandemic with a virus that has an extraordinary capability of spreading rapidly and efficiently from person to person. So a person's individual, individual decision to not wear a mask not only impacts them, because if they get infected, even though they say it's my decision, if I get infected, I'll worry about that. But the fact is, if you get infected, even if you are without symptoms, you very well may infect another person who may be vulnerable, who may get seriously ill. So in essence, you are encroaching on their individual rights because you're making them vulnerable. So you could argue that situation both ways. 
It's clear that this variant is capable of causing serious illness in children. Uh, you have heard those stories coming out of Louisiana pediatric ICUs where there are kids as young as a few months old who are sick from this. That is rare. Certainly younger people are less likely to fall ill. But anybody who tries to tell you, ah, oh, you don't have to worry about it if you're a young, healthy person, there's many counterexamples all around us now. Well, so yeah, you do need to think about it. And that's the reason why the recommendations are uh, for kids under 12, uh, that they avoid being in places where they might get infected, which means recommendations of mask wearing in schools, and that at home, uh, parents of unvaccinated kids should be thoughtful about this. And the recommendation is to wear masks there as well. Let me just follow up I on that. I know that's though. uncomfortable. I know it seems weird, but it is the best way to protect your kids. But I just, again, want to fully understand if this is about protecting the kids. I think that uh, particularly public officials who are in democratic politics, but all public officials in America right now are going to be seen as examples and they are going to be uh, targets by critics who, uh, you know, uh, want to try to show a false equivalency. The reality is in events where everybody, where people have been vaccinated and where distancing is observed, um, and the, these these events are, you know, less dangerous in terms of spread, but you have to be beyond reproach when you are a public official in a public gathering. Uh, there may be a lot of uh, efforts at false equivalency or disinformation, but nonetheless, in this case, I think if you are going to be a public official at any event, you have to err on the side of caution wear, and wear a mask. Yeah. I mean, it might be rich for her to be held to the COVID standards of her Republican critics because there often aren't any. I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine, and they should be. We can't trust the president uh, and take his word and take a vaccine that might cause harm to us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. Let's just say there is a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? We will need to have access to the vaccine results so we can make our independent assessment to make sure that Donald Trump's uh, fingerprints are not on it. You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. Is the vaccine safe? Uh, frankly, I'm not going to trust the federal government's opinion. And I wouldn't recommend to New Yorkers based on the federal government's opinion. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. Would you trust that vaccine? There's very little that we can trust that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. We cannot take for granted this process will be free of political influence. I don't trust the president, and I don't trust the FDA. If Donald Trump can't give answers and the administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. You're going to say to the American people now, here's a vaccine, it was new, it was done quickly, but trust this federal administration and their health administration that it's safe? I will say that I would not trust Donald Trump. Hey, how confident are you in the approval process of the FDA right now? How confident am I? Uh, I'm not that confident. Yes, I would be hesitant, but I'm going to ask a lot of questions. You're going to need someone other than this FDA and this CDC saying it's safe. You've got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. 
So there's consensus this is a safe vaccine. Uh, what I'm worried about is that there's some sort of October surprise and that there is a pressure put on the decision makers here to announce the vaccine in October of 2020. We're going to put together our own group of doctors and medical experts to review the vaccine and the efficacy and the protocol. And if they say it's safe, then I'll go to the people of New York and I will say it's safe. But if Donald Trump tells us I should t- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. There's your example at the end. None of this is based on facts. There's no proof. Once again, a bunch of gay dudes had an orgy weekend. We don't even know if they were actually vaccinated. And then we had breakthrough. So now we're saying we have to mask everybody. There's no proof that I can carry COVID to you. There's no proof. There's no studies. There's no nothing. This is just control. And you saw the end there where it's the Dems who from day one. Sorry, my nose is garbage this morning. I don't know why. I should have changed my filter on my CPAP. Every time I do a podcast, I'm putting Vicks on my nose. and It's not very fucking photogenic, but sorry. Um... There's no proof any of this shit. I can carry it, but you see them talking. They're the ones from day one said these vaccines aren't going to work. Then they're saying you have to get a vaccine. They're doing lockdowns. You have to have a vaccine to take a shit in fucking New York. You're the ones that's saying that vaccines are bad. My whole adult life, once again, it's Democrats that are anti-vax. And when you look at these numbers, New Jersey... New York, Massachusetts, Rhode Island. Then you get a southern state. Arizona, then you get a southern state, a couple southern states. Connecticut. Florida is, what is it? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Not even in the top 20 is Texas and Florida. That's all you see on your TV. And Florida really has a reason because you're letting untested A million people have walked into Florida. And then you've sent them all over the country. Untested. Look at that. One million interactions. That's people we captured or turned themselves in. We're not talking the people we didn't get. Then you have this person, vocal distance, and I thought it was a really good thread. Um, Cause I got to be quite honest. Now I wonder why I got vaccinated. Most of the studies are showing people that got COVID have better immunity than we do, and if I have to wear a mask anyway, what's the fucking point? Why did I do it? Especially when I got really sick off it. I did political messaging at a very high level. This would be a catastrophic failure in every way. This is what happens when people who have no clue how political messaging works try to suggest messaging to the vaccine hesitant. Let me explain how it actually works. Maybe the message of the vaccine hesitant shouldn't be focused so much on health, but should instead focus on the burden to taxpayers. No one wants to be branded a free rider or a bludger or a sponge, but that's exactly what a vaccine hesitant are. A mass, massive fucking burden. That, that was her tweet. 
<clears throat> when you're doing messaging to try and persuade people of something, guilt only works if they buy into your premise and moral framework. If people think you're guilting them cynically, they won't be persuaded. Their view it will harden and the messaging will backfire. Persuasion requires people to trust you. Regular people are concerned about how power will be used against them. If they think you don't respect them, they start thinking you will use power against them and they will distrust you. Then they become impossible to persuade. You need to know your audience and validate their concerns and treat them with respect of your goals to persuade. And since day one, this pandemic, from lockdowns to people driving too much, I talk about it all the time. The left and the media have used this a cudgel against red states, red people, Christians, gun owners, and fucking name it. It's all been political. And then they feign political. Oh, I can't people people are making this political. No, you made it political. You did. Nobody else did. You did. The entire enterprise of changing minds relies on trust. If people don't trust you, nothing you say matters. If you want people to trust you, don't. There has been a lot of misinformation about vaccines from your uncle on Facebook. So ignore them because that's not why people are skeptical. They're skeptical because the messaging has been contradictory, inconsistent, inconsistent, and cynical. They watched the medical community call for the closing of churches while supporting the George Floyd protests. They saw politicians go to restaurants and hair salons without masks while regular people had their businesses closed. They watched the media constantly get it wrong. Cuomo was cheered when he was nowhere close to even competent. And they watched DeSantis get gears even though he was nowhere close to the worst. This is why they're skeptical. Unless you admit their skepticism, it justified. You'll never persuade them. Also, remember, whilst those people have put up with lost jobs, lost business, crushing isolation, depression, you need to earn their trust. So what will actually work? We are sorry we blew it at the start when we said masks won't help. It turns out they do, but we blew it when we said closing the border was racist. It was actually a good idea. We blew it when vaccine rollout. We didn't explain it well. Once you've done your messaging is we have earned your scorn and distrust. This is our, our fault. This is a gesture of goodwill. We will not force you to take it. This will take abuse of power off the table, and that will open them up to hearing you out. Then... The vaccines works. They do have side effects, and sometimes they can be severe. I want to say that first so that you know and can make an informed decision. Not taking off the VIRS data because you don't want people to know people are dropping dead from this shit. That was the hardest obstacle to get my wife vaccinated. She wasn't stupid. I'm not treating the concern as trivial, nor am I acting like a pretentious, knowing it all holier than thou, and you smarty pants. I'm not placing myself above them, nor am I condemning them. Next, the severe side effects are rare. They exist, but no more than with a flu shot. The vaccine makes most people immune to COVID. About 95% of people who get vaccinated never get COVID. Vaccinated people who get sick anyway, however, still means that once you take it, you'll really lower your chances. And the most important part that they're not saying is you're not going to die. You're not going to die. Notice what I did. I did not oversell the vaccine effect. It did not threaten people with another lockdown. I did not do any of that. This type of messaging will be effective. 
The vaccine isn't perfect and will not make COVID go extinct. What it will do is lower the odds of people getting COVID. And enough people do that, we can make most of the COVID go away. And that's the severe vaccine. The side effects are no more common than one other vaccine. That is the best, the safest way to protect yourself from COVID. Again, notice that I don't talk down to people. This is the type of messaging. Oh, I got a bad picture. Sorry. You need to remember that you have no God-given right to power. You have power because the people gave it to you when they trusted you, and they can take it away. They won't do it. Another one. And I think I lost this. Yeah. You're struggling to understand why some people are vaccine-hesitant. The let-me-help-you mega-thread. Imagine you're a normal person. The year is 2016, rightly or wrong. You believe most of what you see in the media. You believe polls are broadly reflective of public opinion. You believe doctors and scientists are trustworthy and independent. You're a decent, reasonable person who follows the rules and trusts authority. Imagine your shock when Brexit, which you assured won't happen because it's fringe move and led to racist or four racist happens, the polls, which widely predicted it wouldn't happen, were completely wrong. The expert, the media, the pundits have told you it wouldn't happen day after day are also wrong. Oh, well, you say these things happen. Imagine that soon after Donald Trump is running for president, you are told by favored media publication that he's going to lose. Some experts say his opponent has a 99% chance of winning. Somehow I fucked all these up, and for that I apologize. And now the racist monster they told you would never get near the White House is the leader of the free world. How did this happen, you ask yourself? How could all the people in charge of informing me so much be wrong? It was Russians, they tell you. The Russians did Brexit, and they got Trump elected too. Imagine that for the next 3.5 years you watch as the media and the political class run with Russia collusion narrative. They tell you, then... The how, the when, and the where. The dossiers, the whistleblowers, the peeing prostitutes. Imagine your desperation for things to make sense again. The Mueller report is coming and it will set your world straight. Imagine that bit, excuse me, evidence of foreign meddling in the 2016 election and Brexit is coming to save your unsettled mind. Imagine you're shocked then when you discover that Brexit and Trump had little to do with foreign meddling. The screaming about Russians of Brexit dies down as well. Imagine that bit by bit you discover that events which the media and political class told you would not happen, could not happen, not only happened, but happened without you sort, sort of evil interference. Instead, millions of your fellow citizens voted for them. Again, you ask, how could this happen? And again, the media is the answer, racism. Your country is racist, they tell you. If you're white, this seems strange to you, other than a handful of idiots you never met, a racist. If you're an ethnic minority immigrant, there we go, immigrant, like me, this seems even stronger. Stranger, why would people in one of the most welcoming, tolerant countries in the world want to convince themselves their country is racist when it's not obviously so? But the evidence is right there on your TV screen. Imagine your horror as a guy, black actor, is assaulted by mega hat-wearing thugs who racially abused him and put a noose around his neck. He cries while talking about it. Imagine you're outraged. You see news reports of a bunch of mega hat-wearing kids from religious schools contemporarily confront a Native American elder. Raza Aslan tells you the kid has a punchable face. Yeah. 
This is the greatest threat ever. Imagine that for days you watch the coverage of these events with, with expert from after expert, pundit after pundit, sharing and fueling your outrage about them. With every word, your belief that you are a good person and your country is a good country wavers. Imagine that soon after, however, the Jesse Smollett story turns out to be a tension-seeking hoax. Imagine you quickly discover that an Native American elder was the one who confronted the kids and not the other way around. If this is such a racist country, you ask yourself, why would you need to make up stories of racism? As you ponder this, remember that for years now, you've been expected to go along with other make-believe. You're expected to believe that whether you're male or female is not as simple as you thought. Whatever you learned about biology at school is wrong. You no longer know how many genders there are, and it seems dangerous to try to find out. Imagine reading that the experts of American Psychology Association say that traditional masculinity is pathological and harmful. Imagine that you still want to believe the media and their experts, but no, now that requires you to think your country's racist, men are bad, and gender is a social construct. It is at this point that a pandemic emerges on the other side of the world. You're initially unconcerned, but a scene emerges from Italy and other countries. It's clear that something big is happening. You watch nervously as politicians give press conference after a press conference, flanked by experts to explain the situation. The racist Donald Trump shuts down travel from China. In response, the mayor of Florence advises citizens to fight racism by hugging a Chinese person. This, this all fucking happened. Shortly after, Nancy Pelosi, a respected Democrat, visits Chinatown. San Francisco explained there's no reason tourists or locals shouldn't go to Chinatown. Thank God there's some sensible non-racist people are overreacting, you say to yourself. Imagine watching as Trump doubles down on his racism by claiming this virus may have come from a lab in Wuhan. But the U.K. chief medical officer <clears throat> tells you not to wear a mask and wash your hands instead. As lockdowns are introduced around the world, you diligently follow the rules. You stay at home, only go out once in a while. You live off savings or government grants. You are proud to do your part. Thanks to you and millions of your fellow citizens, the first wave of the pandemic does not overwhelm the healthcare system. Imagine confusion as the same people who have spent three months telling you your masks don't work and you shouldn't wear them introduce a mask mandate. We're following the science, they say. As you cautiously go to the supermarket, you notice that masks have made people far less likely to socially distance. You remember reading somewhere that bicycle helmets work similarly. They give the wearer more confidence. The result is more accidents. You turn on your TV to learn that shoppers at your local supermarkets aren't the only ones who have been ignoring the rules. Neil Ferguson, the man who projections were used as the basis for lockdowns, appears to have broken his own rules. Boris Johnson. The lockdown continues, however. A man is killed in Minneapolis while being arrested for a petty crime. The man is black, the officer is white, the arrest is captured on video, quickly goes viral. Imagine your horror as you watch the officer of the law kneeling. This is disgusting. I'll they throw the book at him. Overnight, a huge campaign for racial justice springs. No one explains what racism had to do with the incident, but they don't need to. As you know by now, the West is racist, and therefore, anytime a white person does something to a black person, it goes without explanation. The fact that an identical incident happened to a white man called Tanya Timpa and never mentioned for context, while the lockdown rules remain in place, the protests against injustice spill out in the street. Tens of thousands of people crowded into major cities. <clears throat> Few wear masks. 
and social distance. Clashes with police ensue in America. Protests loot stores, attack residents, start fires, retired officers killed. The media describes events as mostly peaceful protests as the reporters stand in front of burning buildings. After months of telling you to stay at home and avoid spreading COVID, doctors explain that rather than being a mass COVID spreading event, protest is a public health intervention. Big tent companies go into overdrive to stop spread of disinformation. All discussions of alternate point viewpoints of viewing regarding for efficiency of masks and lockdowns are s- fucking censored. Attempts to discuss the negative impact of lockdowns on health and mental health will bring is suppressed. As years run on with the pivotal American election looming, President Trump promises a huge push to develop a vaccine. Camilla Harris, who was later elected vice president, says she would not take the vaccine if Trump told her to. On the eve of the election, a publication in America releases a damage report about Hunter Biden's son, President-elect Joe Biden. Story alleges corruption. Twitter and other social media companies prevent the story from being shared. The media lines up commentators to say it's Russia again. Once his father wins the election, it becomes clear that several key elements of the story are likely accurate, and the laptop is his laptop. Meanwhile, the numbers of COVID patients and deaths turn out to have been wrong for some time. Anyone who died at any point after a positive COVID test was counted as COVID death. A figure is later revised again. The number of people who are in hospital because of COVID also turns out to be incorrect. Now that it races, Donald Trump is no longer president. Closing borders is no longer considered xenophobic and is widely advocated for in the media. Imagine your horror as you learn that the reason thousands of people died in the first wave of the pandemic was elderly patients with COVID were allowed to go back to COVID central. This is especially true for all the Democrats. Meanwhile, Texas and Florida... Remain open, continue to thrive. In the UK, the health secretary, the person responsible for saving lives, found to have been cheating on his wife. The man making the rules, you does not follow them. The same people who told you Brexit would never happen, Trump would never happen, that he did win, it was because of Russian collusion, then because of the racism, that you would follow lockdowns while they don't, the masks don't work, and then they do work. The protests during the lockdowns or health intervention, the ransacking black communities in the name of fighting racism, mostly peaceful, and Jesse Smollett is a victim of a hate crime, and men are toxic that there is an infinite number of genders that COVID didn't come from a lab and that it's probably did the closing of borders races and that it's the most important thing to do. That Hunter Biden's story is Russian information that it's not, that they would not take Trump vaccine and that they, you must take it. These same people are now telling you the vaccine is safe. You must take it. And if you don't, you'll be a second class citizen. Understand vaccine hesitancy. That is one of the greatest things I've ever read. Because if you're a normal person, if you're a normal, you stare at your TV every day, and this is all you see. But in 2017, many would say she crossed a line after TMZ published a photo of a mask of President Trump covered in ketchup. 
outrage from all sides after that video of comedian Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin in that image. Nobody wants to see this. It wasn't fine. It didn't work. The backlash was swift. Her tour canceled. Endorsements pulled. Friends walked away. I think that emotionally that was the most painful, to have so many friends that to this day haven't called. I would like to think that I would not behave that way. I think it's sad that many Americans were quiet at a time like during my photo when it probably would have been okay to kind of take a stand. You received a lot of death. An historic election here in Washington, D.C. this summer is charting a new course for voting rights and racial justice. Can anybody in this circle relate to loss of freedom? After 27 years behind bars, Joel Castone is seeking redemption through politics. I noticed that, wait a minute, not only can we vote, we can also run for the office. 44-year-old felon convicted for murder as a teenager became D.C.'s newest elected public servant this summer, winning a groundbreaking campaign for neighborhood commissioner on the city's southeast side. His constituents are fellow inmates in D.C. jail. How many of y'all voted? All casting ballots in a local election that's pushing the boundaries of voting rights and racial justice. D.C. last year joined just Maine and Vermont as the only places in America that prisoners can vote. Less than 1% of the nation's estimated 1.8 million incarcerated residents has the right to cast a ballot from behind bars, setting the U.S. apart from many other democracies. In other words, in most places, you don't lose your humanity, you don't use, lose your civil rights, social rights, political rights when you're incarcerated. Georgetown professor Mark Howard, a leading advocate for felon voting rights, says it's also an issue of racial justice. Ultimately, this is about human beings with the right to express themselves, and I think that voting fundamental right that they should have. You oversee everything from liquor license approvals to sidewalk repair to public safety. Can you credibly advocate for public <laughs> Well, among other things, money um, and the Bradley Foundation, which has put money into all, so many of them. Um, but they're, you know, there's interlocking players, really. Um, they, they have a uh, a, a handful of lawyers that sort of go back and forth between these different groups and really what they have is, I think, um, if you look at it closely, an interest in trying to suppress the vote and make sure that the conservative voters are the ones that come out and win the elections and the Democratic groups the, who tend to be young voters, um, voters of color, that they find it harder to vote. They're going to try to make it harder for them to get out and turn out and um, and challenge them in the voting booths and suggest that they're um, involved in fraud when they're not. We're seeing how hard it is to get any you know, substantial support for voting law, voting law legislation to get passed right now. Are you seeing that these groups are also funding individual congressional campaigns? Well, they are, but but really, I'm glad you brought that up because really, one of the things that is that unites these groups is their opposition to any federal legislation that might promote, make democracy safer, that might um, make it, it easier for people to vote federally. Um, and there is legislation, as we all know, it was HR one, and it's now SB one, and it's being held up in Congress, and it's being. Um, very seriously opposed by all of this money on the right, and and um, it's um, you know it's a it's a real war, and they talk about it that way. And so what I tried to do was to figure out who's involved, where's the money coming from, and um, it's uh, you know it's it's substantial. 
This is a real piece of Jane Mayer. We're also giving you an update this morning on what's going on between Nancy Pelosi and Kevin McCarthy with their relationship, it seems, hitting new lows. The latest thing, the House Republican leader under fire for saying this at a Republican Party fundraiser in Tennessee this weekend. Watch. I want you to watch Nancy Pelosi hand me that gown. spokesman saying that he was quote obviously joking when he talked about how difficult it would be to not hit the speaker of that Lyles plays as hard as he works on and off the track whether it's building a city out of Legos taking on his brother in foosball or customizing his kicks but some of Lyle's light dimmed this past year. He admits he has struggled with the pandemic and the country's racial justice reckoning. Is it fair to say you were, you were in depression? It probably wasn't until really the Black Lives Matter movement started gaining a lot of traction. That's really when the depression kind of just took over. You're hearing on the news every day that you're not wanted. And as an athlete who's trying to go to the Olympics and representing the U.S., you know, you love your country, but it hurts even more to see that country that you want to support so much is trying to kill you. And it's really hard to get through that. Safely in the hands of Japanese police, this Belarusian sprinter has just defected. Moments earlier, Kristina Tsimonouskaya claims she was being forced onto a plane en route to Belarus by several men for criticizing her coaches. Fearing she alerted airport police, then released this dramatic video. I am asking the International Committee for help. There is pressure against me and they are trying to get me out of the country without my permission. Today, Tsimonouskaya was taken to the Polish embassy in Tokyo, where she received a humanitarian visa, allowing her to travel to Poland and seek asylum. Supporters of the Belarusian dictator Lukashenko then started targeting her online and she feared for her life. A person can be jailed, tortured, beaten. There are no laws in the country, so they can do anything to you. Belarusian authorities relentlessly target anyone expressing dissent. In May, they sent a fighter jet to the passenger plane in order to capture an opposition figure on board. Well, this weekend, they again showed their total disdain for international law. Athletes seeking asylum at sporting events is certainly nothing new. It happened a lot during the Cold War, but it is certainly a far rarer form of... It's non-stop. It's non-stop. Bill McGoon, all morning we watched Border Patrol drop off multiple busloads of migrants in a Catholic charity. Most of them are coughing. Then we get into this shit. It's all over the place. Well, let me try to find it. Sorry. Yep. I work at a COVID floor at my hospital. It's full. The entire floor and ICU are a capable, full capacity with COVID patients, mostly almost all unvaccinated. Our district has one of the lowest vaccination rates because our rep, Lauren Borbert, spread lies and misinformation about the vaccine. She's a vet. Most of these are all lies. Everything we've had come on TV has been a lie. But for po politics, and because the left can lie on social media, 
it's not considered misinformation when they make shit up. To all the Borbert supporters asking for a veterinarian works at COVID floor of a hospital, I'm also a licensed physical therapist and has worked at the hospital for 11 years. My hospital is most nationwide of PTs on their COVID floors being patient recovery. What a difference one day makes. Democrat taking on Laura Borbert. She's an activist. She's just like Brooklyn Dad. They get away with it all the time. Then we had the parents got to wear a mask. That fucking crazy ass shit. What the fucking, fucking, fucking fuck is that? Sorry. Gonna misfire. Ah, fuck. What the hell? Well, we're out of we're out of pictures. Anthony Thalke tells CNN Francis Collins misspoke. Parents do not need to wear a mask. They had to fix that up. That was in one day. Biden keeps the southern border largely closed, Politico says. That's a fucking lie. What a Wuhan lab leak would really mean. And here's a whole story. You can go to um, the unheard, and it literally breaks down how from day one they shut it down because of Trump. Then you find out 40% of New York City Department of Education employees, they're not vaccinated. Most of the major unions don't want it because they're saying, hey, go fuck yourself. You got the story of Jennifer Aniston's dumping friends because they're not vaccinated. D.C. Mayor Browser under fire for allegedly violating her indoor mask. She put the mandates the next morning because she had to go to a fucking party. That's awesome. Gene Wu, the biggest problem that's been up and discussed is that Dan Patrick and Greg Abbott both think they're governors, but neither knows how to do their job. Matt Whitlock, hilarious is just someone else doesn't know how to do their job when you fled your state to not do your job. Prague pastor wins heart and minds with his pronouncement that anti-vaccine Christians are anti-Christ. That's one of the overall themes of this whole thing. Greg Abbott. Texas is open 100%. Texas have been freedom to go where they want without any limits or restriction. Today I saw a law that required that. Charlie Sykes. Bring on the mega variant. Mega variant. Because that's what this is all about. It's all about politics. Professor calls for extension of federal hate crime protections for scientists facing criticism from far-right extremists. I'm not even going to read the article. Now they're protected. My favorite soundbite, and if I had a soundbite of the day, would be Ron DeSantis. Well, thanks. We're, we're excited to be here. And um, I just want to say uh, something uh, quickly. Um, you know, uh, Joe Biden has taken to himself to try to single out Florida um, over COVID. Uh, this is a guy who ran for president saying he was going to, quote, shut down the virus. And what has he done? He's imported more virus from around the world by having a wide open southern border. You have hundreds of thousands of people pouring across every month. And it's not just from Mexico. In fact, it's rarely from Mexico. You have over 100 different countries where people are pouring through. Not only are they letting them through, they're then farming them out all across our communities across this country, putting them on planes, putting them on buses. Do you think they're being uh, worried about COVID for that? Of course not. 
So he's facilitating. Who knows what new variants are out there? But I can tell you, whatever variants are around the world, they're coming across that southern border. And so he's not shutting down the virus. He's helping to facilitate it in our country. And what is his big solution? What is he so upset about Florida? His solution is he wants to have the government force kindergartners to wear masks in school. He doesn't believe the parents should have a say in that. He thinks that should be a decision for the government. Well, I can tell you in Florida, the parents are going to be the ones in charge of that decision. And one of the major uh, medical people in his administration just recently told parents that they should be wearing masks at home when they're around their own children. This is insane. Joe Biden also believes that vaccination should be mandated by force of government and that you should have to show vaccination status to be able to participate in society. Now, Florida, we're very proud of our seniors' first strategy. You look at the mortality in nursing homes among seniors, it's declined dramatically. But we said from the beginning, we're going to make it available for all but we're not going to mandate it on anybody. That's ultimately an individual's choice to be able to do it. Biden, he rejects science because he denies the fact that people that recover from COVID have long-lasting immunity. And that's been proven time and time again, and the data is very clear. So his vision is, just like in New York City, restaurants should ban young kids from being able to go in because they're not eligible for vaccination and law-abiding citizens have to produce proof of their medical records just to go to the gym or attend an event or just to participate in everyday society. He wants that, but yet if you want to vote, he thinks it's too much of a burden to show a picture ID when you're voting. So no voter ID, but have to show your medical papers just to be able to live an everyday life. Give me a break. And so I think the question is, is we can either have a free society or we can have a biomedical security state. And I can tell you, Florida, we're a free state. People are going to be free to choose to make their own decisions about themselves, about their families, about their kids' education, and about putting food on the table. And Joe Biden suggests that if you don't do lockdown policies, then you should, quote, get out of the way. But let me tell you this. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. I'm not going to let you get away with it. If you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm going to stand in your way, and I'm going to stand up for the kids in Florida. If you're trying to restrict people, impose mandates, if you're trying to ruin their jobs and their livelihoods and their small business, if you are trying to lock people down, I am standing in your way, and I'm standing for the people of Florida. So why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. I say this with utmost sincerity. I really don't like DeSantis. He's not really my guy. But I will tell you 100%, he's right. Listen, 
I lived in an area that didn't have a mass mandate. There were no mass mandates. Nobody fucking cared about it. Um, I'd be the only person in there. I'd wear my mask. When my wife didn't want to stop wearing masks after we got vaccinated, I, I continued on just for her. It's about freedom of choice. It's all about freedom of choice. That's what America's banked on. If you have such a problem that you can't understand that some people don't want to take a vaccine that hasn't been approved by the FDA, I don't know what to say to you. You're fucking fascist when you really break it down. You're super duper fascist because you're vaccinated. Why do you fucking care if others aren't? It's none of your business. But from the beginning to the end, the left has made it all politics. It has been virtue signaling. They've gone after all the people. And if you truly cannot admit that this was how they were going to get elected, because the only thing Biden had in the polls until recently... That was a winner, winner, chicken dinner. It was COVID. People believed he'd be better than Trump because the media had done a whole fucking two year or four years of Trump's wrong on everything. To this day, they still won't even say Trump made the vaccines happen. And the companies that made the vaccine held the release of them till after the election. What does that say to you? It's all politics, from the numbers to how many people have died to how many cases. Majority, a plurality of people don't believe what the government is saying. And to make matters worse, the very people they care about, it's not you in the rural or you're white or you're Middle Eastern or you're Chinese or you're Korean the African-American Latino population in the inner city have abysmal rates, 30% in New York City. So when they do the lockdowns, they're just hurting black people because they didn't get it because you told them to Tuskegee. You did. Not Trump. Not those mega white supremacists. So today... We're going to have some fun. I'm going to play some music in the background. Let's do some fucking woke. And we start with the fascist LBGTBBB. Hey, hey, hey. Bow, bow, bow. Little pump and cut. Hey, gang shit, gang shit, gang shit, gang shit, gang shit. Nobody needs you to advocate for how difficult it is to use gender-neutral pronouns. Nobody said that the gender binary was easy. These are not my preferred pronouns. These are my pronouns. You will use them or you will not refer to me. At all. If you misgender me by mistake, fix it and move on. I don't need your elaborate apology. I don't care how many times you say sorry. Just don't do it again.
Moreover, if someone else misgenders me, it is never your job to tell them that it's okay. Cause it isn't. I get it. The discussion of the gender spectrum confuses you, and that's fine. But if you don't know anything about it, don't f***ing speak on it. There are non-binary people. There are trans men who, who lactate. There are those who go by he, him, different pronouns. It's just inclusive to everybody. It is not hurting cis women to say chest feeding. But it does hurt those who go by other pronouns to continue to say breastfeeding, especially if they have body dysmorphia. What's something you own that you don't ever plan on using? My uterus. Because f and I mean this with all disrespect, them kids. Cupiosexual people may decide to have a sexual relationship despite not feeling sexual attraction while others don't. Both are completely valid and communication is key. What are your preferred pronouns? Uh, they, them. Oh, I've never heard those before. What are they? Uh, they're what's known as neo-pronouns. What are neo-pronouns? They're basically your own custom pronouns. When no other pronouns seem to fit, you come up with your own pronouns. Anything can really be a pronoun. Oh, how do I use them? Um, it depends on the person and their pronouns. They, them follows a similar spelling to they and them, and even similar grammar rules like zer and zer. So they, them, themselves, theirs, things like that. Oh, okay. And there are other new pronouns you said? Well, yeah, because they're customizable. Anything can be a pronoun, really. Oh, I didn't realize that you can customize your own pronouns. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jax, and I just came up with new neo pronouns that combine he, him, she, her, and they, them, okay? So hear me out. They, them, theirs, okay? They, them, their, whatever you want to consider it, right? Let's take the first one, the, okay? This combines she, he, and they, right? They, the. That's what they said, you know? That's what they said. Next, we got them, right? Okay, so then we got, that's just combining them and him. Them, you know? I went to a movie with them the other night. Last one, theirs, okay? It's just like theirs, but like also like hers. Thirst. That jacket's theirs. Yes, this just sounds like they them pronouns, but with the new ultra scientific method, we have them so they've combined he and she as well. Everybody gets you with they them theirs today, yeah? Tips on how you can be a better intersex ally. When it comes to inclusive language, oftentimes people tend to use phrases like people with penises or people with vaginas rather than saying male and female or men and women. While this can absolutely be inclusive for trans people, unfortunately it's not always the most inclusive language for intersex people. My advice is to use language that focuses on function and not just form. That means focusing on the actual function that you're talking about, such as people who can get pregnant, people who can get other people pregnant, people who are at risk of testicular cancer, and so on and so forth. This is much more inclusive because there are intersex people who are born with a vagina but don't have a uterus or ovaries or an ability to menstruate. This is because some people that are born with a penis don't have testes. So it's much more inclusive to say what you actually mean than it is to use language that works around that. Um, I'm trying to phrase this nicely and I can't yell, but I want to. So, um, black people and people of color in the queer community aren't seen by white queers as as queer as they are. On almost every occasion where I've been discussing my queerness or my experiences with queerness with white gays, they speak to me in a condescending way and they treat me as if I am a straight person imposing on a queer subject because they don't see us as, as queer as them. 
queerness is seen as um, something that is white and a way to, to compare oppression and it's used to compare oppression. So it's impossible for white gays to see us as, as gay as them. The LGBTQ community has been used as a front to hide racism or to excuse racism. Do research on black queerness, please. Here we go. A one, a two, a three, a four. Watermelon cigarette pride. Watermelon cigarette pride. Watermelon cigarette pride. Watermelon cigarette pride. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. One binary, gender fluid, trans men and women too. Mississippi because this week uh, the state asked explicitly the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. The standard in Roe v. Wade as updated by Planned Parenthood v. Casey 40 years ago is that before fetal viability, so before 24, 22 weeks, a woman has some right to choose. Remember, already after fetal vi viability, we treat women like we're in Gilead already, right? right? After 26 yeah. weeks, we treat women like they're incubators with mouth parts. The case that was already in front of the Supreme Court for next year seeks to destroy that, that baseline uh, demarcation of fetal viability and allow the states to start treating women like incubators with mouth parts earlier. Yeah, I don't even know what the fucking fuck that is. But yeah, okay. Okay. That's good stuff. And I really love the abortion shit just never ends with the left, man. They, they really believe that is the pinnacle of what it is to be a woman. So let's start it off. What's the best way to inform teenagers about porn? Should there be an age appropriate porn as how has been suggested so they can learn about consent and what's respectful and what's not? What do you think? This is what child abusers would suggest though through third parties. Test the water, probe defenses, find weak spots, sink normalization. That That is in everything we're about. It's all about the kids. Enter the fucking Muppets. Yeah, it's beautiful to be a fucking transgender fucking Muppet. Then the wee small spa stuff. Here is uh, the latest from that. I'm not covering it because now we have a bunch of trannies in there. With violent Anifa doing their usual shit. That, that just doesn't surprise me at all. For the Hollywood scene, we're going to have a new big gay divorce comedy. Because on top of just 
every facet of our life. Should sex be removed, the legal designation on the public part of birth certificates, the American Medical Association is now saying it. Sex should be removed as a legal designation on public part of birth certificates, the American Medical Association said. Requiring it can lead to discrimination and unnecessary burden on individuals of current gender identity does not align with their belief. Are you fucking shitting me? 0.6 of the country who can't even figure out what flag. We got a new flag now with sex worker umbrella or whatever the fuck that is. We're all going to be X at birth because you can't get away from it. It's nonstop insanity. Jesus criminy. The movie I wanted to see because it looked good. Look at this shit. Now it's got a fag scene because we we had to have a homosexual scene. Excuse me, not fag. It's inappropriate. We had to have that to LGBTQ kids because it's all about the kids. Then we got this from the CW. It's not bad enough that it's just all about the lesbian love triangles. We're going to have an abortion. I was in no place to be a mother. I'm not playing it because that's what they do tied into it that went without notice did you notice that why would the media cover that they're just as anti-semitic as this dude is babylon b inspiring u.s women's soccer team to boycott scoring goals until racism defeated and then on the heels of them losing they have just been brutalized i won't read it all i'm not relishing in it but you know what they deserve everything they get they deserve all of it because they're all a bunch of activists, not athletes. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist. To our everything is racist. Critical race theory is infrastructure, transportation equity, digital equity and inclusion, new government entity to encourage women to enter the field of trucking, state-sanctioned discrimination because race and gender neutral efforts alone aren't are insufficient. Eagle Eye, thanks. This is what I meant in the earlier post about how PC and woke policy is made and implemented backstage and behind the scenes. Will BIPOC get their own roads and bridges? Oh, yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Here's the Seattle mayor right off the bat. Call a social worker approach to policing worked out. Just guess. Earlier this week, I outlined my plan to invest in BIPOC communities. This is really annoying, but I wanted to play again. May turn down a little bit. Invest in young people and youth opportunities. Rethink and reimagine policing, including culture, budgets, increased accountability, reform, include statewide reforms. Not every 911 call requires a police officer with a gun. That's why Chief Best and Seattle PD are conducting a deep review of SPD's budget and assessing and functions could be moved to other departments. This process results in bigger investment in behavioral health specialists, healthcare workers, social workers, domestic violence. We want to continue to listen to the community and the type of programs like Nurse and Shelter, SVD, Innovative Health One program, blah, blah, blah. Seattle Mayor calls for more police after six shootings in one weekend. There it is. Shot fucking chaser. You gotta be fucking kidding me. 
Then you get to the Washington Post, who is now spending all their time going after Christopher Rufsvo. Here are 10 of 14 articles going after a guy who's just reporting facts. Chaser. This shit is sick. It's just sick. Sorry, I can't do the music. It's annoying me. After Dundee Ranger 9 alerted us to FCPS News, Bailey S. promoting critical race theory, I clicked social media accounts and equity resources for teachers and cannot believe that an elementary school is promoting one. One click away from kids. Watch, but can't be unseen. Can you say the word transgender? Good. Someone who's transgender, that means that their body, their physical anatomy, can you say anatomy? Right, your anatomy are all the parts that make up your body. Someone who's transgender, their physical anatomy doesn't match who they know they are inside. The really cool thing about gender identity is that it can either stay the same or it can change over time. Sometimes people's gender identity that changes or shifts over time, sometimes we call those people gender fluid because their gender can change and shift. And that's also really cool and really interesting. Yo, been talking so much about pronouns. Now, the last time you probably saw me, you saw me in a video telling you that some of the names I like to be called are Akia, or Key, or 
Miss Akia, right? Some of those names feel good to me. I want you to think about what names feel good to you. And then when you think about those names and those names you like to be called, also think about the pronouns that feel good to you. Now for me, like I said before, I don't really like when people call me he or call me she. I really, really like for people to say they. I shouldn't announced it first, but it's literally soundless. So for those who are listening on the podcast, I apologize. But investigate yourself and don't believe the lies. SBS News is promoting the teaching of critical race theory down to kindergarten. And then you get this dystopian shit, which really scares the shit out. Guardian legal consent. The electronic signature attached to this annual verification pack authorized SUD to complete an emotional health and wellness screening of my child to collect a personal information, including but not limited to income, other family information, medical history, medical information, mental health history, mental health information, quality of home, interpersonal relationships, student biometric information, illegal, antisocial, or self-incriminating behavior, critical appraise of individuals with a close relationship, and gun ammunition ownership. Why does a school need to know this? It's like something you, the fever nightmares of Alex Jones. Speaking of bureaucrats, some think that just because it's opt-in that it's totally okay for the government to be collecting all this info. It's not. There is no reason for them to know it. But it's just not one place. Fairfax County School sent teachers a PowerPoint presentation that tells them how to implement CRT in the classroom. The presentation is meant for teachers only and explains how the implementation slew of left-wing political buzzwords into classrooms and we're gonna this is just foreshadowing because this is gonna be next show's first thing in our woke because it's long Loudoun County we are told CRT is not being used in school here is it in pericks in the form of assignment from LCPS officials Once again, they're saying it isn't there. They're lying on TV. They're saying it's a conspiracy theory. What's critical race theory? A lens that examines the appearance of racial and racism across dominant cultures. CRT scholars attempt to understand how victims of systemic racism are affected by cultural perceptions. What elements of text can be perceived as being masculine? What does the work reveal about the operation socially, politically, homophobic? How does text illustrate problematic of sexuality and sexual identity? What is queer theory? What is ecocentricism? But yeah, no. No, it's just a bunch of bullshit. You're making it up. Oh, for a byline, Tennessee got rid of Nathan Bedford Forrest because that was just really insulting people, even though I've been there forever. Most of us didn't even know it was fucking there, but okay. Then we get into NASA. And for those that have ever watched Trailer Park Boys, you've got the joke. Some of you haven't. And if you haven't watched it, you really need to watch it. It's a great freaking show. NASA microaggression training. I just got these docs from an internal whistleblower at NASA. This is from an employee training where they learn what the microaggressions are incidents where a NASA employee accidentally makes an offensive statement. And then you break it down. Topic understanding microaggressions 
happen casually, seem small. Research suggests that subtle forms of interpersonal discrimination like microaggressions are harmful. Microaggressions occur because they're outside the level of conscious awareness. The best solution to decrease microaggression is to increase awareness. Topic, understanding microaggression. Themes, uh, implicit bias content, implicit message. We've gone through these so many times. I'm not going to go through another one. It just... Why does NASA, these are people that are scientists. It's so ridiculous that this is in the federal government. Where we have a million laws on hiring, firing. Guacamole, what is wrong with these people? And then our last one, Mario Browser. I've signed a law of flavored tobacco prohibition amendment act of 2021. So in this city now, you can't buy menthol cigarettes. That's only going to hurt the poor. And what is the business of the government to tell people what they can ingest or not ingest? This is America is our next thing. CNN loves them. Some fucking vidmen. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is a perfect capsulation of what's wrong with our military. After Obama, our officer corps is fucked. You looking here at the last two years, of course, you testified the president was impeached. He was acquitted. He goes on to promote the big lie. January 6th, based on the big lie happens. Do you think that that acquittal emboldened him to proceed as he did? I, I do. I think he's an individual that tests, that uh, uh, automatically tests boundaries and pushes as far as he can go. And the signals he received from his acquittal uh, emboldened him going into management of the pandemic. And I've said it before, uh, the president was believed he could act with impunity. He believed he could disregard all of the warning signs about a uh, unfolding pandemic. And uh, his mismanagement resulted in needless deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. Certainly, we would still have people dying because of pandemic, but it was the president's mismanagement. If he had been removed, if he had been censured, if he was on his back heels, we would not have had those kinds of casualties. And he, we wouldn't have had a second impeachment. We wouldn't have had riots in the streets that the president himself inflamed, we wouldn't have had an insurrection. And that's not just a failure of the president, that's a failure of the, of the people that enable the president. I was speaking with someone recently who has experience with the regimes that you have experience with, right, um, in your area of expertise with Eastern Europe and with Russia, authoritarian governments. And that person said that, you know, most Americans haven't seen those up close. So they don't necessarily recognize the hallmarks of them in the Trump administration, or they aren't alarmed by them, but that Americans don't see a slide toward it when it's happening. Do you think that there is a slide toward authoritarianism happening in the U.S.? Well, without uh, any doubt, I could say that a second Trump term would have put us on that trajectory, clearly on the, that trajectory, and absent accountability for the, the misdeeds of the last... So that's the onus on the Biden administration to pursue accountability. We could be in the same weakened position moving forward into a, a different administration in the future, one that 
we might not be able to cope with. Uh, if Trump was ham-handed and ineffective, the next, uh, next wannabe tyrant, next wannabe authoritarian can be a lot more effective in, in undermine, further undermining the good governance and uh, put him so we could beat. We could... Last I checked, that's none of his goddamn business, not in his purview. Shame on him. We serve all presidents. I had to serve slick fucking Willie, who gutted the military, grained the force, and put us behind for the wars that we had to fight. He was a horrible president. But I never said anything because that wasn't my goddamn place. So this wraps up another episode of Flavor Politic Podcast. Please share this with your family and friends. Go to foppodcast.com to get this video and audio and all proceeding with links to SoundCloud and Rumble. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. Let's go for a Monday. Monday, Monday. Um, 9 August, year of our Lord, 2021. When I get done with my appointment in the morning, come down to the booth and we'll do another podcast. Until then, thanks for listening, everybody, and you take care.